Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Put it in his hands. Look at your neighbor and high five your neighbor and say, put it in his hands. Praise God. The book of Esther tonight, chapter 9. What an honor it is to be at the house of the Lord with the saints of God. Amen. Appreciate this music team and choir leading us into the presence of God. Aren't you thankful for this awesome praise team and all these musicians at the time and practice and leading us into the presence of the Lord. What a privilege and an honor it is to have been here with your leadership. I appreciate, amen, your pastor's family and and uh, I think you ought to give your pastor and his wonderful family a hand of appreciation. Bishop, Sister Wilson, I appreciate you all so much. Thank you for your leadership and your impact. I've told you before privately, but I'll say it publicly. My wife and I made decisions about parenting before we ever had children based on conversations with you and your wife. And I want to say it saved us, and we're so thankful. Thank you for taking time to take us to dinner and talk about good things. Aren't you thankful for wisdom that sets direction? Amen. I do believe my wife and my family is watching tonight. And I greet her in Jesus' name. and so thankful for my childhood sweetheart, and she wishes she could be here with, with us tonight. And... Uh, but I do, I do feel a word from the Lord for this, for this evening. I went to preach the church one time, and I could never find direction in, in six days. I preached seven times in six days and never could feel a word. That's a dangerous place as the preacher and a church. It's been a fresh word. God's doing something special here. Amen. Do you believe that? You're at the right place. I wouldn't go anywhere else. You're at the right place. Hallelujah. Before we open His Word, I want you to lift your hands and open your heart. Thank you, Lord, for the worship service tonight and what we feel in your response here. I pray tonight that our hearts would be open to growth and change and becoming who you would have us to become and trusting us tonight with apostolic authority. I pray tonight there will be deliverance and healing and breakthrough for people. Help us to be the church tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. To all the ministers in the room, I greet you. So thankful for you and all that you do. The saints of God. The book of Esther chapter 9, reading with verse 24. Because Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. Somebody say that. I doubt you said that word this week. Say it again. You might as well say it again. The Agagite. He wasn't just Haman. He was a descendant of, of Agag. Truth of the matter is, there should have never been a Haman. If Saul would have taken care of business like the prophet told him to, there wouldn't have been a problem. When God tells you to get rid of stuff out of your life, you should listen. He's saving you from future trouble conflict. Let the church say amen. amen. It says, Haman the son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews. 
He had devised against the Jews to destroy them and had cast pur, that is the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. Meaning, he had chosen a specific date on the next year that every Jew in 127 provinces would die. Those provinces now we would call nations. Each province had a king. And it says that he, he had a date, a plan to destroy every Jew in that Persian kingdom. But what, look what it says in verse 25. But when Esther came, I think that's so powerful. The enemy was going to destroy the Jews. But when Esther came, when the church showed up, he had a plan until the church showed up. Woo! He says, but when Esther came. Somebody say, when Esther came. Before the king. He commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head and that he and his son should be hanged on the gallows wherefore they called these days Purim after the name Pur therefore all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen concerning this matter and which had come unto them I'd like to preach from this portion of scripture on simply Esther's progression of faith Esther's progression of faith. I think you ought to clap your hands and shout just as loud as you can. Come on, shout just as loud as you can. Hallelujah! Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. Woo! Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Most most theologians, if not all, most preachers, if not all, would compare Esther to the bride of Christ. I may believe tonight that individually we're sons or children of God. But collaboratively, we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. And I'm so glad to know that not too far long from now, he's coming after this bride. I said he's coming after this bride who has made themselves ready. It used to be I would pray, Lord Jesus, don't come yet. I got some things I want to see done. Oh, but somewhere a few years ago, I changed my prayer. It's almost now even so, come Lord Jesus. Is there anybody that's looking for a meeting in the sky? Oh, I'm looking for that rapture. How many's looking for the rapture? You're waiting on Gabriel to sound the trumpet. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Amen. It's funny because when I was a when I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, I used to sing a song by the Hensons called Call Me Gone. Y'all remember that song? I have a country voice, but I really had a country when I was a kid. Call me gone. I'll be leaving. Bride of Christ. He is coming after his bride. There's the parallel between Esther being the bride of Christ. The comparisons that you begin to see that is so true. And what happened is when King King Ahasuerus was looking for a bride to replace his rebellious bride, rebellious queen, Vashti, 
you'll find that he sent a letter. It was a calling out for all the fair virgins of the land to come and stand before him so he could choose his bride. Scripture tells us that a man by the name of Mordecai had uh, adopted, I believe, a little girl, which was his cousin uh, through marriage. He had adopted her and took her under his wing. And somewhere as she got older and old enough to marry, when the call of the king went out for everyone to come to stand before the king, he looks at this child and he says to her, I want you to go stand before the king. Because Esther, you are special. There's something about you that's special. I realize statistics are against you, Esther, when it comes to not having a father and not having a mother, but there's something special about you. God has plans for your life. And in her humility, she submitted to Mordecai and she went to appear before the king like the other fair maidens then. You'll find that they had six months of bathing and six months in spices. I don't, they must have had a lot of dirty people in that day. An entire year of bathing and soaking in myrrh and making sure the fair skin was right. And there's a statement that says, but Esther only chose wore what was required of the chamberlain. There was a lot of people that were going to appear before the king and they were going to be wearing every latest fad. What would appeal to the crowd around. But when it came to Esther, she only sought one thing. And that's what does the king want from me? How does the king want me to look? How does the king want me to dress? I personally believe because the chamberlain knew every detail about the king. I believe if Esther's the bride, I believe the Chamberlain's the Bible. I believe the Bible knows everything about the king. I don't want to know anything but what, amen, the Chamberlain says the king wants. I want to please the king today. And I would say to you, let every word of my mouth and let the meditations of my heart be acceptable to him. This isn't about pleasing the church. This isn't about just getting healed somewhere. You've got to become desirous to please God. Amen. This isn't about hell or eternity. This has got to somewhere I want to please the king. And the scripture tells us that when she went in, if his favorite color was blue, she had a blue dress on. If he liked the hair curled or however, that's how she would have fixed her hair. She was probably wearing the, the, his favorite fragrance of perfume. But when she walked into the room, when he saw her, there was no need to see another. The Bible tells us that when he saw her, there was something about her. The king loved Esther above all the women. She obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. When he saw her, it's exactly what he was looking for. He loved her. When he saw her, it was love at first sight. I have no need of another. Somebody say, the bride. I want him to look out of heaven at me and love me and know that I want to please him. Come on, is there anybody that feels that way tonight? I want to please him. When he looks out of heaven, I want him to be pleased with me tonight. 
Esther becomes crowned the queen of that day. She's queen in this kingdom. And you'll find that something happens along the way is her, her, her cousin, excuse me, Mordecai's, stands by the gate continually. And, and uh, somebody came to Esther and said, Have you heard? Have you heard about Mordecai? And he, she said, No, what's going on? He's in sackcloth and ashes and he's weeping and crying in the gate. He sends a word. She sends word to him and says, Why are you acting this way? Why is your demeanor changed? Why are you wearing sackcloth and throwing ashes over your shoulder and you're grieving? What's going on? He sends back to her and have you not heard? There's a man by the name of Haman. Haman has authority. He's He's got a ring on his finger that has authority and can make decisions. He's got a signet ring and he's upset, Esther. Because when everybody's praising him and he walked by me, Esther, I, I couldn't bow down to him. Everybody else was bowing down to Haman. But what got us into this mess in Babylon was people bowing down to things that were not God. And I'm not going to bow down. I don't care what they do to me. I'm not going to bow down before any man and worship anything but God. And he said, he said, I didn't bow down to him. But because I didn't bow down to him, he was so angry. Could I say to you, there's a lot of people that have compromised in my 44 years of being in the church. There's a lot of people that have bowed down to the pressures of culture, which is a devised trick of the enemy. Can I tell you tonight that what some people call the opening of the mind is nothing more than the searing of the conscience. The broadening of the mind is the searing of the conscience. New doctrines and new ways to try to get into the church to get you to water down what was absolute truth. I have watched people give in. I have watched people bow down under the pressures of culture to try to please the community instead of please the master. And he told Esther, he said, but Esther, I didn't bow. And because I did not bow, he has chosen a day he has written a letter. He has signed it with the signet that on this day next year, every Jew in the world, in the hundred Persian world, in the 127 provinces, there's a law. He has authority in that law that on this day, every Jew in the world is going to die. There has been authority given. I'm not saying this for political reasons, but it was almost like a stimulus package that had been given by the government that handed down to local governments. And it was this. If you take the Jews home, if you kill the Jew, you're not only going to be paid, but you can have their house and you can have their stuff. All authority had been given to everybody but the Jews to destroy the Jews. And the letter went out to all of Persia in 127 provinces or nations that said on this day, signed by the king's signet, every Jew is to die. And when Mordecai read it, something stirred in him. That's my people. Can I stop here today and tell you the reason Haman's so mad is because one preacher wouldn't bow. You know what will stop the devil from enjoying another minute? Is when one young person says, I'm not compromising. Just give me one preacher that will say, I'm not throwing in the towel. 
Give me three Hebrew children that said, I'm not bending my knee to a golden idol. I'll burn before I bend. But I've got my mind made up. I am who I am. I'm going to be who God called me to be. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow. You can interrupt the devil. You want to give the devil a bad day? Just stand for truth. One man chose not to bow. And he's ready to destroy every single Jew in the world. Can I tell you tonight, the devil's doing everything he can to destroy the people of God. But the Esther's in the building. There's a Mordecai still standing. Don't you think this thing's going under? Uh-uh. There's a great shift about to take place in our country. And the greatest revival we've ever seen is about to unfold. Because somebody's going to stand. You might lose friends for standing, but stand. You might have family walk away from you for standing, but stand. When you've done all you can to stand, stand therefore. Stand therefore. Come on, stand. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to stand. Stand. Esther, here's the letter. He sends, he sends the letter. He sends the letter to Esther. Where, where's Kate at? Where's Sister Kate? Come here, Esther. Austin, she gets your seat. Amen. Can you, can you let her sit there? Let her sit right there by the king. Praise God. Up there with the daddy. Watch this. He sends a letter to her and reads the letter, and the letter says, All the Jews are going to die. She knows the power of the king's signet that's upon that, that says, It's backed. There's authority in this. She sends word back to Mordecai, and she says, What do you want me to do? What, 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 what? What do you want me to do? And he sends word to her. It says, don't you understand? Out of everybody in 127 nations, that a girl that's a Jew is the queen? And nobody at this moment knows that you're a Jew. Because I told you, don't tell anybody until the right time. And the Bible says she obeyed him as she did in her youth because obedience always brings blessing. Obedience will always bring favor. You better listen to me preach for, for a minute. I don't need no preacher telling me what to do. I'm 18. I don't need no, I don't need mom and dad telling me what to do. You will lose favor with God if you don't learn to have authority over your life. She submitted herself to authority and she obtained favor with the king. I don't, how, I don't care how gifted you are, how much money you make. I don't care how successful you are. You need somebody in your life that can tell you what to do or you will not have favor. He said, Esther. He sends word to her. Esther, listen to me. you got to go to the king. The only one that has access to the king is his bride.
Don't you know? I know it's going to get awkward because I'm preaching right to you. Or looking right in your eyes. But listen, you are tonight what represents this entire building. Esther, go to the king. Don't you realize that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Watch what she says. Now, now, how many believe you're the bride of Christ? Would you say amen? Watch. She makes this statement. She said, oh, but there's a law. That if you go to the king uninvited, if he doesn't hold, come here for a minute, stand before me. I'm going to be the king. If you go to the king and he doesn't hold out the golden scepter, which is the golden scepter of acceptance, that says, come on in. If you walk before his presence and he doesn't accept you, there are people standing around that will kill you because you entered without acceptance. And that's the law. Even to the bride. And she hasn't seen him in 30 days. She hasn't talked to him in 30 days. He's been busy about king business. And she tells Mordecai, but what if I go to the king and he doesn't accept me? And he doesn't put the golden scepter over my head. You see... She was young in her relationship with the king. So were some of you in this building. All of us at one point were new in our relationship with the king, which I would parallel our relationship with God. And when you first come to God, on your first level of the progression of faith, the first level of faith is fear of God. What if he doesn't accept me? It's a fear of God. And I want want to say to you right now, don't ever lose the fear of God. It's the fear of the Lord that's the beginning of wisdom. It's if the trumpet sounds tonight, will you go? Will you be the one that's called? Because many are called, but few are chosen. There's got to get something in us and even return to us that in our first level of faith, I just don't want to go to hell. I don't want to burn for eternity. I'll do whatever I need to do to please Him because I don't want the wrath anybody in this room that's, a, that's fearful of God? The Bible says don't fear the one that can destroy the body but the one that can destroy the body and the soul. There is in us. There should be this, this fear of the imminent return of Christ. I grew up hearing this preaching. He's going to come like a thief in the night. Ready or not, he's coming after people that have made themselves ready. They preached the coming of the Lord so strong that one time I got off the school bus. When I got off the school bus, walked up to my house, the car is in the, in the driveway, the door is open, walked through the screen door, screen door shuts behind me, and I said, Mom, as I would every day, when she didn't answer, Mom, Mom, y'all with me? I started walking a little faster through my book back down, looking for a skirt and a blouse and a frying pan. In the kitchen, I run through the dining room, went to the back door. Mom! When there was no answer, you want this apostolic kid thought? I missed it. I ran to the phone. And it was in that day they had phones that you had to... You ain't never seen a phone work so slow when you think the rapture's taking place. 
especially when there's a number nine. I called my grandmother who lived down the street, Mimi Johnson, and I was so glad to hear her say, Nello. She didn't say hello. When she said, I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. If she answered, I know the Lord hadn't come yet. of grace that says it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter where you come from. Just keep on. He'll love you anyhow. Oh, no, 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 no. That's disgrace. He loved me enough not to leave me the way he found me. He wants to pick me up out of that mess and turn my life around. He'll give you power to be holy. He'll give you power to be righteous. You're here tonight. You got secret pills in your purse. You got secret things in your car. You better understand. He sees the secrets of your life. He sees the secrets of your mind. He sees the secrets of where you are. And at the end of the at the end of the altar calls, we'd hear something like this. Above all else, I must be saved. Above all else, I must be saved. Whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. Above all else, I must be saved. Let's not lose that part of our faith. I grew up in this. I'd hear songs and altar calls of conviction. There's room at the cross for you. There's room at the cross for you. Millions have come. There's still room for one. There's room at the cross for you. Over the years in those moments, I'd hear hearts begin to say, <laughs> people run out of their seats and run to an altar and hear somebody going, <laughs> forgive me, oh God. Let's not lose the fear of the king tonight. Let's not lose the fear of the king. Esther, listen to me. Don't ever lose the fear of God. I speak to your generation, not to you specifically. Be careful who you follow on social media because who you follow can end up where your destination is. Be careful what you watch and what music you listen to because there's a wolf in the edges of the sheep that's trying to lead you away from the king. Somebody's got to put some holiness boundaries and say, not in my eyes, not in my ears, not on my body. There's got to be a fear of God tonight. Lift your hands and say, God, 
Never let me lose the fear of the king. seated not you that's where she was in her progression of faith what if I die what if he doesn't accept me he said Esther don't think for one minute you're going to be spared by Haman's letter just because you're a Jew I feel a prophetic utterance coming over me and this is exactly what he said he said Esther don't think for a minute you'll be spared by doing nothing. Because if you don't go, the Lord's going to send a deliverer from somewhere else. Because he's going to deliver his people. You better listen to me, Memphis. You better listen to me, northern Mississippi. The deliverer is on the way. And the deliverer is in the house. Amen. The deliverer is here right now. God's got a plan before the trumpet sounds. I said, God's got a plan before the trumpet sounds. He's got a plan. I said, he's got a plan. He's got a plan. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're in the plan. Tell somebody around you, say, you are the plan. She responds to him, and she simply makes this statement. Are you ready? She responds to him and said, I'll go. Hear her words. She said, if I perish, I perish. I want you to say, if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. That means if he takes my life, he takes my life, but I've got to go. She said, now do me a favor. Have everybody the fast. Well, it sounds like desperate apostolic people. Not one's going to the fasting. Everybody. We're like, if I'm fasting, you're fasting. Can I get a witness right now? If I'm going to suffer, you're suffering with me. No food, no. Can I get a witness from some apostolic people in the building? We all going to fast. Don't make me, don't put me in this by myself. We got to do this together. Come on. I feel an old-fashioned sacrifice coming on this church right now. Hey man, you want to get to where you want to go, where God wants you to go, you got to understand what brought you to where you are. It was fasting and sacrifice and prayer that brought you to this place and that's what it's going to take to get to that. Somebody say amen. amen. Fasting always precedes deliverance. Sacrifice always precedes deliverance. Listen to me. Watch what happens. She said, if I perish, I perish. Everybody going to fast. She goes on. I guarantee you, she put his favorite outfit on. Had her hair just right. Chamberlain, are you sure? You, this is exactly what he's going to Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can see the Chamberlain saying, come here, come here. I can see the Chamberlain saying, it's going to be all right. He loves you. But what if a doc not going to kill you? You don't even know who you are. Look at that. Look in the mirror. You're looking good. That's exactly what the king likes. What if he kills me? Because that's the first level of faith in every new believer. Fast goes on. She goes in. 
And when she comes in, they come in and said, Esther's at the door. We'll let her in. When he's sitting on the throne room in the king's palace. And when she walks in, I want, I want you to be the king. When she walks in, she comes in trembling. Tremble a little bit. You got to shake a little bit. Shake like this. Just shake. She comes in trembling. She's nervous. She's cold. She comes in. She's waiting on the sword to hit her. She's waiting on the sword to tremble. Somebody hold a sword on this girl. She's not nervous enough. Amen. She comes in trembling and scared. She's trembling. She's just, watch this. When she goes to the king, she's just hoping. He won't kill her. And that's in the first dimension of progression of faith. But what's about to happen is going to forever change her. Because when she walks in, he puts the golden scepter over her and says, Come here. I'm sorry you haven't seen me in 30 days. He said, Listen to me, Esther. He said, Ask whatever you need. Half the kingdom belongs to you. Ask me of half of everything I own and I'll give it to you. Hold on a minute. You're not going to kill me? That's what she was thinking, but that's not what happened. She was living her life at this moment hoping to just not go to hell. But what's going to happen now is going to forever change the way she looks at the king. It's no longer living for him hoping to just not go to hell. Now she realizes I've got power and a voice to the ear of the king. And he said, whatever I ask him, that's exactly what he's going to do. If you really only realize who you are tonight, you're not just here not going to hell. You are the bride of the king. And whatever you ask, he said, I will do it. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I've got all authority in heaven and earth. Whatsoever, I wish somebody would get bold tonight and realize the power of your voice. Whatever you ask, he's going to do it. Oh, clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands and shout. She's no longer the same. She's no longer just a timid, quiet, trembling bride. She says to him, I just wanted to ask you and Haman to come to a banquet meal that I'm going to fix. I'm going to tell you, she had something cooking all right. It was more than Fig Newtons, I'm going to tell you right now. Come to the banquet. She said, bring Haman with you. When she says, bring Haman with you, the king goes out of there and says to Haman, Haman... Listen to me, Haman. The queen has asked for us to come to the banquet. Only me and you. That's all that devil needed. When, come here, Haman, you devil. 
I'm getting bold. If I punch it too hard tonight, it's just because I'm in the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. The queen just wants you and me to come. Oh, that's all he needed. A little lifting of the head. His head. He went strutting his way. He walks all the way home. I don't think he could strut if he wanted to. Everybody knows he's a great, humble guy, but just play the part for a minute. He struts all the way home and says to his wife, out of everybody, out of everybody, listen to me, out of everybody in the kingdom, the queen wants to have dinner with me. And she's like, aren't you, aren't you somebody? All that. Look at you, all that. He walks down the road and he, oh my, I got to skip some of this. It's a long story. I got to get it. Where, where did Haman go? Oh, there he is. You got to watch devils that slip up on you. Amen. He's strutting his stuff. He's strutting it, but he's not going to be strutting much longer because when he comes to the banquet, comes in there with the king, he's so proud of himself. Lift it up. Everybody's bound to him on the way there. He's about to eat some humble pie, though. Because she's not who he thinks she is. She's been meek until now. She's been hidden until now. She's been quiet until now. She's been locked away in a sanctuary until now. We haven't seen much of her until now. It looks like there's not a whole lot of relationship because you don't see her walking with the king very often until now. But right now, he's about to see her and the king in the same room at the same time. And anytime you get the bride with the king, something... I said something's about to happen. He has no clue of the surprise. He has no clue that she's a Jew. He has no clue that the promises of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He has no clue the prophecy over your life. He has no clue the prophecy over this church. He thought it was going to die. It was going to crumble. There's been people that said it would, but I got news for you. Don't you ever doubt what you do not know. There's a, there's a promise of God in this building that is not fulfilled yet. Greater things are yet to come. Come on, I said greater things are yet to come. I wish everybody would jump on your feet and shout hallelujah. Come on, shout. Everybody in the building, get on your feet and shout hallelujah. a season she was trembling there's a season she was timid there was a season she was quiet there was a season that she seemingly wasn't anywhere around but tonight somebody shout tonight, tonight. the king comes in and says what would you have me to do I imagine he's eating he's feeling really good and she says, King, King, I got something I want. Uh-huh, she's being timid right now. She's about to change. Boldness about to come on her. 
And I'm prophesying to you because boldness is going to come on you. You're going to pray things in the spirit that's just going to come to pass. You believe that? You are not too young. You are not too young. I'm telling this congregation, you're not too young. You are the bride of Christ. I said you are the bride. You're the bride. You know what's in her mind? Half the kingdom belongs to me. He wants to know what I'm concerned about. He wants to know what I'm in trouble about. And King, I, I have something to tell you. She says, somebody in this kingdom has made a law that's going to destroy all my people, including me. Hold this right here. All my people, including me. That's what, that's what she said. And he said, I mean, it started in his feet. You mess with the king's bride, he's mad. Some of you thought God was going to kill you. He's just mad at that which has been against you. What some of you are calling the judgment of God is an attack of the enemy. Because you're so fearful of God, everything that goes wrong is you say, I deserved it from the king. You need to quit thinking about yourself being less than the bride and start realizing, I've got a victor on my side. He's not against me. If God be for me, then who can be against me? I wish somebody would clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands and shout. Come on, you're coming out of that valley tonight. You're coming out of that stupor tonight. You're coming out of that prison tonight. You're coming out of that in the name of Jesus. I said you're coming out. You're coming out the, you're coming out of that less than mindset, inadequate mindset, insecure mind. I feel boldness coming to Bethlehem. I feel boldness coming to the church. I'm not just Esther, I'm the bride. I'm the bride. I'm the bride. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm the bride of Christ. And when he's she said, There's a law written to destroy me and my people. He said, Who is it? Who is it? I want to know who it is right now. Tell me who it is. Fire is in his feet. His face is turning red. Can you see that right there? You see that? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy. Look at him. Point your finger at him. Can you give him a mean look? Huh? Mean look? Oh, that's good right there. You just do that right there. Watch what it says. The adversary and enemy is this wicked. Hey! She didn't say, she didn't say, well, you know, there's, there's a little problem. Oh, no, 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 no. Timid's out the door at this moment. Trembling's gone. She knows who she is. And because she knows who she is, she knows what happens to the enemy when she tells the king. Satan, your kingdom's coming down. I said, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. Oh, 
Church, as a prayer warriors, you get out of your seat right now and say, I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. Come on, Grandma, get out of your seat. Come on, young person, get out of your seat. Come on, Mom and Daddy, get out of your seat and say, the devil's kingdom's coming down. You can't have my children. You can't have my family. You can't have my, you can't have my children. Is there anybody in the building that says enough is enough? I'm tired of Haman's rules. I'm tired of Haman's plots. Is there anybody sick of the devil tonight? I want you to shout yes. I've had enough. I've had enough. It's that wicked Haman. You know what the next posture of Haman is? He's on his knees. Read it. He crawls to her. What was boastful and going to destroy crawls to beg for forgiveness. But the king's gotta is going to deal with it now. And he said, the gallows that was built for your cousin, he's going to hang from it now. And in one converse, here it is again. One altar. One moment of prayer. A one-time prayer. Reversed the law of an entire Persian kingdom. I know where cultures went. Hear me as I prophesy. I know where cultures went. That it looks like there's no hope for our country. But one prayer meeting could turn this entire North American church around. One prayer meeting. You hear me? The greatest harvest and revival that there's ever been in North America is just ahead of us before the rapture takes place. I got some of you that believe it. Is there anybody else that says it? I do believe God's about to get the attention of a nation. God's about to shake a nation. Esther, Esther, once you told the king, the enemy's done. It's over. He's hanging from the gallows. He's hanging. The threat has now been destroyed. I find it interesting because he's a descendant of Agag that King Saul did not destroy like Samuel commanded. Saul was a descendant of Kish. Esther's a descendant of Kish. What God was calling her to do was to take care of some unfinished business that hadn't been done yet. Y'all listen to me tonight. It's a word from the Lord. There's some unfinished business that God's going to let you take care of. But you can't do it with just a fear of God. Fear of God? When she goes into the throne room, she comes out understanding there's a call of God. There's responsibility that is up on her, Brother Marshall. When he says half the kingdom is yours, something snapped in her. It's no longer about me just having a position and not dying. Some of you have been in church for a long time. 
you attend and you're just glad to not go to hell, but nothing more. You dress the way you dress, live the way you live, just so God won't kill you. People call on you to do something for God. Oh, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm not worthy of that. You're just hoping you don't go to hell. Thank God for the fear of that. But you can't live there forever. Esther, go to the king. Esther, go to the king. Esther, go to the king. There are cities that are in close proximities that need somebody to stand between the city and the king and say, Haman's been here long enough. Feel this tonight. There's a regional revival, but somebody's got to go to the king. Somebody's got to get sick of Haman. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. And I want you to lift your voices. Come on. I want every hand lifted. I want you to be obedient tonight. I want every hand lifted to the Lord. I want you to repent. And say, I'm thankful for a fear of God. But I want you to tell Him, I'm sorry for staying in this first dimension of faith. I'm sorry for what I called fear of God. Nothing more than unbelief that I can be better than what I am. God, I'm sorry for not believing that I'm more than just not going to hell. <laughs> Forgive me, God, for not believing that I could come to the throne room and you would answer my petition. I'm sorry for every time I said, I don't think God hears me. Go on, go ahead. There's a there's a shifting. 
Somebody else lift your voice right now in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's a breakthrough in this room. There's a shifting in this room. Come on, there's a shifting in the room. I'm going to come boldly to the throne of grace. I'm going to come boldly to the throne of grace. Lay your hand on your neighbor and pray for them. Boldness is coming to the body. Boldness is coming to the body. Come on, I want you to pray with fervor. I want you to pray with fervor right now. Boldness is coming to the body.
I want, I want everybody in the building to stop praying. I want, I want everybody to stop praying. I want you to listen to me tonight. God is going to baptize his end time church with boldness. Boldness. Now, if you could only see what was in your life and what's around you, you would understand how much he loves you. I had a lady that came to my church years and years ago, raised in this for many years. She said, not until I came here did I ever know that God even loved me. She said, my entire life of living for God was out of fear that he just wouldn't send me to hell. She said, but I have learned under the teaching of the word of the Lord that God actually loves me. When you read it, the Bible says that he loved Esther. I want you to say this. He loves me. I feel to share a few things here tonight. He loves me. I'm the apple of his eye. He has spoiled me. If you could ever realize he's not trying to kill you. Why do I feel that so strong tonight? I, there's one more dimension, but I can't even get there yet. Because there's so many people in the room. Holiness is not to please him. It's just to not go to hell. There's more to this than just not going to hell. Holiness is unto God. It invites me into His presence. Somebody say amen. I feel to share a, a, a story or two because I feel what God is doing. It was, it was in 2000 and, 2008. My wife is pregnant with our third child. Somewhere in the night she wakes me up. 20, at 29 weeks pregnancy. Two and a half months before the baby supposed to be born. She said, Aaron, my water broke. I said, what? In the middle of the night, I don't even know my name or where I'm at. She said, I said, what? She said, my water broke. we got to go to the hospital. I rushed her to the hospital. When we get to Zanesville Hospital, we're, we're in there, Bishop. And while we're there, they said, not only is your water broke, but there's myconium in the womb. The baby's under stress. And the baby is too early for us to deliver here locally. we got to send you to the emergency. we got to send you to Ohio State University. They put us in a mobile intensive care unit, this big green ambulance, and we're rushing up the road. I'll never forget sitting there, and they're going at decent speed, but I'll never forget the nurse holler said, you better speed it up, the baby's trying to come now. Here we went 90 plus miles an hour going way. We, we got into the Ohio State University, and when we arrived there, they began to do all these tests and studies and on her and trying to get her a position to try to keep the baby in the womb as long as possible. And I'll never forget that I stepped out of there and the prophetess called me and she said, the Lord told me to tell you, don't worry, she'll be, she'll be perfect. Thank God for a word, but I've learned any time that God gives you a word, you're going to need it. And there's some of you in this room that have prophetic words over your family. And it does not look like it's going to come to pass. But I come to tell you, don't you think that prophecy is going to return void. It's going to accomplish everything it said it's going to accomplish. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's not finished yet. The devil has a plan, but God has one too. Hallelujah. And she's in the building tonight. I'm telling you, the plan of God is in this building. I'm preaching to Esther right now and you've got the answer. I walked from the waiting room. I got in there, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor Voskis, when I got in there, they couldn't find a heartbeat on my little girl, my little baby in the womb. And they said, Dad, you're going to have to leave the room. We've got to take her to an emergency cesarean. We went in there. The baby was born and in the NIC unit. And they, when they, she was in such bad condition, the, the doctor 
went into the recovery room where my wife was and told my wife, said, I'm sorry to tell you, but your baby's not going to make it. The baby's not going to live. I'll never get that, going to that NICU, and here's my baby that they say is dying. The blood gas levels are terrible. She had 90% carbon, carbon dioxide in her blood, less than 20% oxygen in her blood. I walk in there, and I'm standing beside, and there was a nurse, and I looked at her. I said, something's happening, though. I mean, I said, she looks fine, and the doctor made the heal of Listen to this preacher tonight. I looked at that doctor and I said, I said, I don't understand. She looks good. But you tell me how bad she is. She said, well, Dad, I'm just going to tell you. She said, I've been here 18 years. And there's no way your baby can be doing what she's doing right now with the medical issues that she's having. The report says she was dying, but God had her in his hand sustaining. Haman's letter's been written, but it's not the final say-so. The Bible says the letters were reversed and put on his head. I'm telling you, God's not done with you. God's not done with you. The nurse checked out. Went into the waiting room where my where my mother was and walked in there. She said, Are you Grandma Barron? She said, Yes. She said, I've got to talk. I can only talk to you this way because I've clocked out. I've checked out. She said, Baby Bounds is in, has been in such bad condition. She said, bad condition. She said, so bad that when I saw her in the condition, she said, I stepped out, went to the restroom, and knelt down in the stall and began to pray for that baby because how bad she was. She said, but when I bent my knee, I could feel the prayers of praying people. She said, are you all praying people? Come on, I'm, I'm preaching to praying people right now. Don't you dare stop praying. Don't you dare stop believing. Don't you dare stop hoping. God's not finished. I said, God's not done yet. I believe some of you are going to see results within 24 hours if you'll just believe. If somebody would just believe, he's not done. He's not done. I wish you would look at your neighbor and say, he's not done. He's not done with your situation. He's not done. He's not done. I said he's not done. Look at me. I said he's not done. I wish you'd turn around and prophesy to somebody and say, the Lord is not done yet. Somebody shout, the Lord's not finished. It's not over till it's over. Some of you are one prophecy away from a miracle. You're one faith movement away from a miracle. Some of you need to lean forward and say, it's about to happen. What I've been praying for for years is about to happen. Half the kingdom belongs to me. Half the kingdom belongs to me. Sister Hughes, I was standing there. Everybody listen. I was standing there. I was standing there alone by the incubator because my wife is in recovery. She cannot come down. I was standing there beside that little baby. That little tiny little baby. I was desperate as a dad. I feel that in the building. Tonight, I'm going to tell you what I feel. Not only desperation, but almost hopelessness because it doesn't look like anything's happening. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for, but the evidence is not seen. It's not yet. 
Look at your neighbor and say, there's a yet in the building, amen. It might, might just be small, but it's yet. Something's about to change. I was, I was standing there in that incubator, and I closed my eyes. And the way, I, way God deals with me in prayer, the way God deals with me, I, I love old songs, and God speaks to me in old songs. And I'm standing there beside my little baby, that little tiny little baby. Sick, they tell me. She's going to die, they said. I start singing an old song. I feel the touch of hands so kind and tender leading me through paths that I must trod. I'll have no fear because Jesus walks beside me for I'm sheltered in the arms of God. Let the storms rage high. Let the dark clouds rise. They won't worry me, for I'm sheltered safe within the arms of God. He walks with me, and none of earth can harm me. <laughs> for I'm sheltered in. Trust Him. Trust Him. When I open my eyes, listen. When I open my eyes in that desperate moment, when I open my eyes, there was an angel standing between me and that incubator. I could see it visibly with my eyes. I watched as the angel of the Lord put his hands inside the incubator and lifted into her body. When I saw the angel and the angel's hands go into the incubator, I knew. Blessed assurance, the song says. I knew God is healing my baby. You thought you were you was all by yourself. You thought you were all by yourself. Oh no. But I can walk through the valley and shadow of death without fear no evil. For thou art with me. I said he's with you. I knew. I closed my eyes started crying. I knew. I knew that I knew that I knew. He just healed my baby. No nurse, there was no doctor. My wife's upstairs recovering. I walked out of the incubator. I walked out of the NIC unit away from the incubator. And when I did, my phone rings. I answered my phone. There's a man in our church. Thank God for saints. He prays every day from 6 to 7, Monday through Friday. He has many years. He called me and he said, Pastor? I said, Yes, Brother Gene. He said, I was praying this morning and God gave me a vision of that NIC unit. I said, Okay. I said, what is it? He said, I saw a group of angels in there with your baby. He said, from the group of angels, one walked from the group of angels, went over to the, over to the incubator, put its hand inside that incubator, and lifted it into her body. He said, reached in and pulled out something dark. He said, it was the infection that was trying to kill her. He said, the Lord said to tell you, don't worry, she's going to be fine. I said, Brother Gene, I saw it with my own eyes. I've never, I've never said what I'm going to say. I need some paper. I, I need some paper. I, I, let me just use these. I, I, need, I need some paper. Here. When I prayed, reinforcements from God came to me. Now listen, 
I'm going to close. There's a third dimension of faith. It goes from fear of God to call of God to dominion with God. Everybody said dominion. dominion. And that's where he... I'm okay just a few more minutes. Can I, are, are you honest? You can end up at the huddle house if I don't stop. Amen. Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. If you'll let me preach just a few more minutes. There's one dimension. We have broken something in the second dimension, but there's a third. It's when the king, watch. It's when the king comes to her and says, Where, where'd she go? Where's Esther? It's when the king comes to hers and says, What else do you want me to do? It's no longer her going to him. It's when the king comes to her. What's on your mind? It's when the Lord visits you in the night and says, What would you have me to do? It is a place called dominion. And dominion with God is when you are living a place that has, has trust with God. And this is what she said. She said, there's a letter that has been sent to every city in 127 provinces. She said, I'm asking you to do a favor for me. He said, what is that? She said, send a post. That means a, a postal man. Send somebody with a letter that reverses what has been written. That gives authority to the Jews instead of to the Persians. Send a letter. I'm going to tell you what I feel tonight. I feel like God is going to send a post of angels. Not a host of angels, but a post of angels to every single believer's situation. And you'll say, you can't have them. They don't belong to you. They don't belong in the bar. They don't belong in a drug house. They don't belong in a prison. They don't belong in false doctrine. I'm telling the angel of the Lord is coming to this region. Somebody believed it would lift your voice. God is sending the post. God is sending the angels. God is sending the voice. It's going to reverse the curse. It's going to reverse. If you believe it, I want you to start speaking. God, send the angel to my family. Send the angel to my dying daughter. Send the angel to my dying family. Send the angel of the Lord. Oh, Lift your hands and prophesy. Lift your hands and believe what the Lord is going to do right now.
Come on, come on, lift your voices. God's not done here tonight. There's a shifting of the spirit. There's a shifting of the mindset. There's a shifting of the faith. believe it say amen lay hands on your neighbor with the authority of the Holy Ghost and begin to pray over them in the name of Jesus come on he's the king of kings and the lord of lords Ahasuerus was the king of kings of 127 provinces come on Jesus is the king of kings I want you to pray in the name of the king time there will be a spiritual awakening upon us listen there will be a spiritual awakening that's going to come up to the body you must know who you are God's going to begin to allow us to see physical manifestations of angels that are among us I had one the other day to walk up to one year ago to walk up to me in an airport Angel of the Lord. Went and stood a little further from here than the young man with the blue shirt. I told my wife, I said, I've got to go. I'm going to go talk to somebody. A long story. I'm not going to take much more time. When I turned around, he was gone. He was wearing on his, his, he had an apron on. I had preached the day before with an apron and preached a message about the Lord 
putting it on an apron and serving us when we get to heaven. It's in Luke 12. What I preached the day before, he was wearing on an apron in the airport. The Lord's coming. I said, the Lord is coming. But before he comes, before he comes, the world that is right now looking at Hollywood and sports and politicians, they're going to turn and God's going to show them his bride. Listen to me. Your buildings can't contain the amount of people that are going to turn to the God of Esther. Somebody say, I am the bride. You believe that a revival and a harvest is going to happen like that in North America? You believe it? Say, Amen. Now, we're going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to get out of the way. Revival is going to happen where angels are going to go to different denominations. And they're going to say, send for Pastor Vostas, who's going to tell you what you need to do to be saved. The angel of the Lord. Bishop, I'm not trying to go long tonight. Cornelius, Cornelius had an angel. He was hungry. Prayed to God always and gave much alms to the people. But an angel came and said, He'd been a memorial before God, but there's more. It's going to be a revival of more. He's going to say, Send for Simon Peter. He's going to tell you what you need to do to be saved. And God is going to visit in the end time hungry people that want more truth. Are you ready for that? I said, Are you ready for that? more time praising.
Amen. Reach over and pray for the person next to you. Amen. I want to be a part of what we've heard, this prophetic word from God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Some of you are going to feel led to pray prayers, and when they come into your mind, you're going to think that's ridiculous. There is no way. You just go ahead and pray it. Go ahead and step into that third dimension of faith. And you just speak it and you watch what God's going to do. Amen. I believe it in Jesus' name. Impossibilities do not exist when the church really knows how to pray. Amen. How many have enjoyed Pastor Bounds being with us this weekend? How many would like for him to come back sometime? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.